Hi, I'm Nina Samuels, and apparently you have nothing better to do with your time, so you are listening to the Holy Shoot podcast. Welcome to Holy Shoot, a wrestling podcast. I trust you are doing well today? Good? That is nice to hear. This week, your host is myself, Jason. And this episode is the latest in our series of Holy Shoot interviews. My guest this week is Sarah the Rebel, also known in some parts of the wrestling world as Sarah Wolf, but perhaps best known as Razor in the Access TV show Women of Wrestling, the promotion owned by original Glow founder, David McLean. You may recall several months back I spoke to Heather Bandenberg about her writing and independent wrestling career in the UK. This interview with Sarah gives us a flavour of how a woman can break into the US scene. We cover her start, the schools that she's been to, training with New Japan, her time as a manager slash valet, how she became involved in WOW, and her views on the current representation of women in AEW, NXT and WWE. You'll also eventually see parts of this interview turned into a feature for the book I'm working on with multiple people in the wrestling industry, currently titled Women Love Wrestling. So look out for that in the future as well. Um, You can find out more about Sarah in the links for this episode episode description or follow her on social media using at Sarah the Rebel. And you can also find her podcast, Women Wrestling Friends. If you were expecting an episode today of the Holy Shoot Wrestling Challenge, the guys recently debated an episode based around the draft, with Sam finally answering Mike's challenge to debate him. So this should be below this episode in your feed. Uh, for now, I will take you to the interview that I did with Sarah earlier today. Have a good one, everyone. So, Sarah, you are known as Sarah the Rebel on Twitter in WoW as a Razor, and also as a manager slash valet, where you go by the name Sarah Wolf, very similar to Mick Foley and his many faces. So can you explain a bit more about how people listening may know you and where they may have seen you? Sure. So they may have seen Sarah Wolf on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which is on the Fight TV app. Um, I was on there as part of the occult couple with the wrestler I managed, Tyler Bateman. Um, the name Sarah the Rebel actually comes from my my live streaming days. I used to play video games on Twitch, and um, the original nickname is much older than that, but that's how people from the gaming industry know me as Sarah the Rebel. Um, and since I'm no longer managing Tyler Bateman, and the persona of Sarah Wolf was kind of created for that grouping, um, I decided to revert back to Sarah the Rebel for my normal indie wrestling name. And um, you can see me kind of on YouTube or if you go to any live shows. And then Razor, you can watch uh, every Saturday night on Access TV at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can watch the WOW superheroes get down. And I think I'm going to be on one of the most recent episodes coming up. 
Yeah, and uh, we do, in terms of wow, I don't, I don't think it's not any easy way to get it in the UK, like in terms of a TV channel, so anywhere UK like listeners. But I was able to watch it was I think directly on the Access TV site, so they're just available for anyone to watch there as well. So that was sort of an easy way to do it. Um, before we started recording, you were just saying how you'd been in Scotland for a while. Were you indie wrestling in Scotland, or were you just tra- traveling around enjoying it? So actually, I'm currently working. Um as part of a show that's in Vegas, it's called the Atomic Saloon Show. And before coming to Vegas, it was in the Edinburgh fin- Fringe Festival. And oh, so, cool. there for, yeah, we were we were um, rehearsing and creating the show, and then actually running the show. And um, there's another indie wrestler in the show as well. People might know um, Barbie Hayden, and uh, she's Abilene Maverick on Wow. So it was a very interesting experience of kind of using my wrestling skills. Uh, to do performance instead of wrestling. That's that's quite a range of ways that people may have heard about you or seen you as well in terms of like these variations. That's quite cool. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get to the more modern stuff as well at some point, so I should probably just confirm. So we're, we're having this chat today, though. It's, so we're on the Holy Shoot podcast. Um, so this is great to put out as an episode, but it's also related to a book project that I'm working on, which has got lots of people involved right now, lots of women from around the world, which has been quite cool, and it's all about you know, women and professional wrestling. So in terms of like just talking more about you before we get to before we get to this more modern stuff, It'd be good to talk about how you got into the industry, you know, what inspired you to do it. So, yeah, I guess I don't, I'm not going to ask your age, but I guess how long ago did you start getting into the industry? And like, yeah, what, what was the decision on that? I think it was three years ago. And uh, basically, I always loved wrestling. Growing up, I, I was flipping through channels one day and I saw China on my screen and I was like, who is this beautiful, amazing woman? Uh, and then I saw Luna Vachon and I saw Jazz and I just became hooked on wrestling and I created this persona for myself and I was going to be a wrestler. And then I hit puberty and I looked down at my chest and said, oh, no, uh, my boobs aren't big enough to be a wrestler. I didn't really know a lot back then about how most wrestlers boobs probably weren't big enough to be wrestlers, <laughs> but whatever, I gave up on the dream. So fast forward many years, I'm working in the video game industry. I'm working as a writer as well. And I'm at E3 and I run into um, Xavier Woods from the WWE and he and I get to talking because we both love video games. And he tells me that there are wrestling schools. And I had no idea about any of this because the closest I I knew about wrestling was just WWE. Um, Eddie Guerrero rode my brother's um, lowrider into the stadium in my hometown and that and i still didn't get to go to the show because he took all his guy oh, friends that so like sucks. That, oh, right so I, I still hadn't even seen an in i didn't even know what the indie scene was i'd never been to a wrestling show and he tells me there's a school and then he invited uh, me and my podcast host i have a podcast called women wrestling friends uh he invited me and my best friend to go see the show uh it was my first wrestling show and when we got back to the car there was a flyer on the car and it was for a school called Santino Bros. And that was also the very first school that popped up when I Googled wrestling schools. So I said, I took it as a sign and I went to the school and I said, am I too old? Um, and they said, no. I said, am I hot enough? And they said, yes, you don't have to be hot anymore. And I was like, excellent. <laughs> uh, so I signed up. And that was about three years ago, I think. Um, it's funny, just I mean, when you go back to what you were just saying, that um, I guess I look at it different as a guy, but all the a lot of the women I've spoken to, like my wrestling friends and ones involved in the book project, the one the names that come up a few times have been China and Luna, 
And I guess until I was working this, I didn't realise just like if women got into wrestling, or I guess girl, young girls got into wrestling back then, you assume, oh, they thought Trish was their role model. It's got to be Trish Stratus or like Sable. And so many women are like, no, obviously not that. I liked China. She was a badass. And same thing for Luna. Well, I think it's just how men and women look at, at women. I know the other day I was jogging and I saw this woman and she was jacked. She had these huge shoulders, beautiful arm muscles. And I was like, wow, I want to look like that. And, and my boyfriend at the time looked at me. He was like, oh, but but not like that bad. Right. And so I think there is a, a perception among guys that like really muscled women are not that interesting to a lot of them unless they have, you know, that fetish or something. Whereas for a woman, because we don't get to see really well until recently, we didn't really get to see jacked women very much. These women did pique our interest. We're like, whoa, what's going on? Who's this woman? I want to know all about this warrior that's on my television screen. Whereas like Sable, I hated Sable growing up because she was just it to me, it seemed like she couldn't wrestle. And she was being pushed as like the main wrestler to the detriment of these other wrestlers who seemed more technically skilled to me. So <clears throat> I'm not that surprised to hear that. I am surprised to hear about Trish because a lot of girls I know did really uh, love Trish. So that is interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure there's probably some that have, would like it. Um, so far, it's been yeah, Luna and China and a couple of Litas as well. But I don't how much they like, adored Lita when they were growing up. But, but yeah, yeah, so far, no Trish. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you said so that was about three years ago. Um, so I've previously spoken to a couple of indie wrestlers in the UK and understanding how hard wrestling training is, especially for like women to get into. So how did you find the experience in the, in the first few weeks when you learned how hard it was to hit the mat and run ropes? Well, I quit the first time I trained because I uh, pulled my back out and then I healed it and I came back and the other side of my back went out. And I was like, I couldn't move. I couldn't even go to the bathroom without uh, assistance. Somebody like lifting me up and, and setting me on the toilet and helping me back up off the toilet. Like that's how I, I couldn't move. I couldn't get down the stairs at my house. And I was like, well, I'm just not tough enough to be a wrestler. Um, and I have this fear now in me because of the intense pain from both of these injuries. So I actually quit and um, did a bunch of Pilates training, funny enough, to strengthen my back, which had become weak from a decade of working on video games is just like sitting at a desk all day. Um, so I built my back up and then I, I came back and, and went through training again. Although the most intense training I went through was the New Japan LA Dojo. Um, I was the only woman there and um, they didn't change anything for me. The number of reps I did, the, the weight that I used, everything was the same as the guys. And that was probably the most intense thing I've ever done in my life. And I had to do that thing sick. I was so sick the entire time. I had tissue stuffed in my nose. Uh, and um, I remember at the very end of it, I found out from some of the guys that they used me as motivation. Anytime they wanted to quit, they were like, look at me and see that I was still doing my jump <laughs> squat. They were like, oh, I can't quit if she's still doing it. It's definitely a lot. Of a masculine like you know, ego issue can be going on there if the sick little girl that's got tissues in her nose outdoes them on their squats right and that's why yeah. they couldn't afford to quit jumping <laughs> so so how did that work in the water so you started at the Santino bros thing they say you sort of quit came back to pilates will you do it did new japan come later yes new japan was mm, i think a year ago it was in the spring it was their very first la dojo camp that they did in la of, of the new camp that they opened i was in the first class of that in the spring so i think it was spring 2018 um in wrestling training you never 
well, I don't believe that you should just train at one school and be done with it. Um, there's so much to learn from different people. You go to seminars, you go to trainings. If you're in another town and you have the opportunity, you go to another school and you train. Um, so I always work on improving myself. I also trained at the WOW Dojo, of course, which was a, a third style of training. And, and each of these schools teaches you different ways of doing things. I'm now at the FSW school and the way they have us do what I'm used to as one routine that I've done everywhere else is completely different here. So it's it's always good to to expand your horizons, I think. That's quite a lot of the ones. I, I mean, I, don't want to start, I want to talk about New Japan. But how did that come about? How did you how did you get into the New Japan Dojo? You apply. And was it okay to like did you have to do anything? Is this a case of applying and you hope you make it? Yeah. And pay right. like five hundred dollars, I think. Yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I I there was money but I had to change hands there. Um okay, so you started off at the other uh, Santin Bros. What was it? Was it Santino Bros or Santin Bros? Yes, yeah, Santino, Santino Bros. Santino Bros. Um did you do the same thing as um other women where it was basically intergender or was there a pure women's class? Yeah, there's almost, I think WOW is one of the only dojos in uh, in America, at least, that it has an all-women's school. It's very uncommon. So the vast majority of women wrestlers are training with men. Yeah, I think um, in the UK it's similar. Unless you're on the EVE roster, you're, that's the only place you can train, I think, exclusively with women. Because the other ones that do train women, like Lucha Britannia, they are sort of intergender. Um, it's, quite, it's always quite interesting when you talk to women wrestlers and it's like, intergender wrestling now is such a an issue it's like is it good bad you know will they ever allow it in wwe and then you sort of put out but most women learn to, to train that way and wrestled with men all the time so including the wwe women i mean yeah every woman at the wwe was trained by a guy until maybe recently but like our favorites from back in the day jazz and trish and lita they were they were wrestling guys because that's there weren't women to teach it you know, yeah, except for Fabulous Mula, I think, had a school way back in the day, but that was about it. Yeah, and we all know the stories about Fabulous Mula. So, <laughs> so even then, that's not perfect. Um, so, okay, so like four different schools over the last three years. Are you are you still trying to find different ways to learn, go to different classes? Always. Like I said, I'm, I'm now uh, based in Vegas, so I'm checking out FSW, which is another school um out here so i just i any chance i get if i have the time and i have the money i'm gonna go train and, and learn from somebody new cool. so that was about a few years ago how long did it take you to get into your first match um so at santino Burroughs, they i don't know about other schools but they have a policy that you do not debut through anyone else but them um and it's part of how they decide that you are ready to debut and also um they have other strategic reasons for why they have people debut when they debut um so i actually debuted as a manager for them um and that's when the occult couple was formed so they considered me already debuted so i actually had my first wrestling match not with them it was with wow in october uh during their first season live tapings Oh, interesting. I was, I was going to ask, like, in terms of how much you'd done before, wow, but that was the first time you really started to have matches. So That was my first match in front of a live audience that wasn't other wrestlers. Oh, yeah, in terms of, yeah, an, an audience, that's the important part, in terms of being trusted to go out there with someone. Okay, so you so more management for a little while, so you, you debuted more in the in the manager slash valet yeah. role. Um, I and I, I, for about a year before I wrestled. 
Cool. And I want to I want to come back to that in a sec. But in terms of I guess the matches, how many have you actually had now? If you if you debuted with WoW, it's, I'm guessing it's not as many as like some may have had. But you've you're in you've done a lot of training and managing as well. Well, I've wrestled plenty of other places besides WoW, actually. Um, it's more than twenty. I don't know. I I don't count really. Uh, but it it has been quite a few matches because I know. I think my win-loss record is in the teens, which means that my number of matches must be over that. Yeah, because you probably won like at least nineteen of those, right? So, mm-hmm. just, yeah. yep. um, so when it comes to wow, I, sort of if we go to that in a sec, I guess. And if we're talking about you were doing like lots of management manager work before that, um, I noticed it's interesting that on your like social media profiles you refer to the Sarah Wolf character that you were playing before as a valet, not a manager. Um, do you see those two things differently? No, honestly, I kind of use the word interchangeably. It's funny because it, it has its like negative connotation sometimes still, like the valet versus manager. See, I, I just wondered if it's because you just you decided you were, a, a valet was different instead of the role you were performing with the wrestler you were in theory managing. But it's just interchangeable. No, I, and I haven't heard it in a negative term, so I, I don't even know a negative term to valet. I think it's just more the stereotype of what a valet is in terms of, like I say, the mod. I, I mean, I love, I guess I'd look at Elizabeth and Sherry from back in the old days as they were sometimes called valets and managers. But then there mm-hmm. are there are some other characters, I guess, during the Attitude Era were more classed as valet and were there purely for the eye candy compared to the manager role, which required them to have a bit more skill. So yeah, I was interested how you got thought with that, but yeah, ballet is the same as manager to you. Yes. I, I use them interchangeably, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Um, <coughs> sorry. We're talking about wow. Um, wow is an interesting company and I know like, I don't want you to cover their entire history, but they've been, they've been around since the early 2000s, like off and on. It's sort of, it's a really interesting one to sort of look into how they just sort of keep coming back and um the fact that glow is glow like a driver behind it was it a general wrestling boom and you've been involved was it in one season or two seasons of the show two seasons now it's two seasons now um how did you get involved in wow so uh as i mentioned before i worked as a writer as well and i saw an advertisement a friend sent it to me actually for a writer for a women's wrestling company. And I was like, what are the odds of that? Like everything I love in one place. So I reached out and uh, they knew I was perfect for the job because I, I have, because I love wrestling, I have a large depth of knowledge about it as well and, and about how to write to a wrestling fan. And so I got the job, I started writing for them and it was really awesome. In fact, most of the profiles on wow.com, it's W-O-W-E.com. Um, it has bios for all the wrestlers. I wrote most of them. Oh, those are cool. And, I read for a few of them. Yeah. And so I was writing for them and then they had auditions coming up for their new season. And I said to them, um, you know, would it be a conflict of interest, but can I apply? And, um, Selena Majors apparently had a conversation with David McLean, who runs WOW, and she said to him, you know, if we don't let her audition, she's going to wonder for the rest of her life what could have been. And so he said, OK, let's let's let you audition. And I knocked it out of the park, of course, because I've wanted to be the kind of characters that WOW loves. I've wanted to be that the, this entire time. I remember one time I was cutting a promo at Santino Bros 
And Eli Everfly, one of the wrestlers and trainers there was filming it. And when we finished, he was like, wow, you're like a glow girl. And I almost cried when he said that because I was like, that's all I want to be is I, I want to be this this huge over the top character that you don't really get to see anymore, uh, especially not in the WWE. They really like everything to be based in realism and very grounded. Um, so wow was my dream place to work. And then I got it. And uh, as to them coming back a few times, I really have to give the credit there to David McLean because ever since Glow, he's never stopped. He, he even made another one between Wow and Glow um, because he, he truly believes in women's wrestling and, and thinks people need to see it. And finally, things lined up that there was a television deal. And that's really why people are hearing about it more than ever before now. Yeah, I'd imagine that, yeah, the Netflix series of Glow, you know, based on the original Glow, I know it's like dramatized a bit, but I'd imagine that's really helped drive interest in the show in terms of it seems to have done a lot in the UK in terms of women's wrestling I'd imagine even more so in the US um and what I like I tell you what, is that what I enjoy is some of that the more over-the-top behavior I mean how would you describe your character Razor I'm trying to like the psycho sisters I wasn't quite sure how you would best describe like what your motivation is so Razor is the leader of a girl gang called the psycho sisters And Razor grew up in the streets. She didn't have a very good home life. And she basically created a place where other women who were not accepted for who they are uh, could all work together and and have kind of a haven. And the motivation is pretty similar to the motivation of any Batman supervillain, really. It's to get money. It's to get fame. It's to get glory. It's to be able to do whatever you want without anyone being able to say anything to you. And... So when did that? When did you launch that character on the show? That was last year, wasn't season, it? Yeah, season one. Season one. Um, and what's I guess what's it been like? What's the reaction been like to you and the company since that started? Uh, it's been amazing. For the people who watch it, they immediately see what is being done and they see why they should love it because there's literally nowhere else on television, nowhere else on TV in America where you can see women's wrestling. And their storylines aren't about, oh, you stole my boyfriend. Oh, you're not my best friend anymore. Like our storylines are, you know, this lady is a voodoo lady and she's turned this other person into a voodoo puppet. Or this person is a rapper and she's got to do this to prove to herself that she's ready for that. You know, like it's it's so many different stories. It's women of every shape, size, color, nationality, LGBT representation. Everything is on there. You can be a star. You could be in the running for the WOW Championship, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're skinny, whether you're fat. Like, There's nowhere else where women get treated like this as wrestlers on TV in America. So um, when people get to see it, it, I think they get very blown away. And also because of the connotation with Glow, I think sometimes people expect that the wrestling won't be as good as it is, you know, but then they see something like a, a Tessa Blanchard, Reina Reyes match, and they realize like, oh, no, it's it's the focus is also on the wrestling. It's not just storyline and crazy characters. Yeah, I think when you got Tessa Blanchard as your champion, if you have to be taken seriously as a company, because I think everyone appreciates you might be the best women's wrestler in the world these days. I don't so, think she's yeah. one of the best wrestlers in the world, actually. I've watched yeah, her yeah, many fair times. Point. Yeah, sorry. Fair, yeah, yeah. fair point. Um, I saw her during WrestleMania weekend having a really good intergender match at WrestleCon. That's the first time I got to see her live, and I was like, man, she's a star. 
So yeah, yeah. she's you're right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a slip on my part. Definitely one of the best wrestlers going in terms of like who people are looking forward to seeing. So she's a great one to have right in the like you know be in the face of the company. Um, I have less awareness because I'm in the UK in terms of like you know how big access TV is and like how how much interest it is in the show. I mean, I, I'm aware it seems to be going well, but what's it like being on access TV in terms of like, the reach that it gives you? Because you know that's alongside New Japan and I guess now Impact. So it's like a wrestling yeah. channel these days. Yeah, definitely. Uh, It's a bit surreal because, you know, when you're doing the indie scene and you get um, fans, they've interacted with you at least marginally. And so you kind of know what to expect and they kind of know what to expect of you. But when you get fans who've seen you from television, they've never interacted with you in person. Um, They've just seen what is presented on TV. They're kind of completely different type of fans. And so adjusting to that and getting used to that amount of um, pressure and kind of them wanting access a lot has been um, a little challenging. But, you know, I think most, <laughs> this is terrible to say, but most women that I know have imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome, for anyone who doesn't know, is when you um, you kind of don't believe that you are what you are. Uh, an example would be one time I was on a podcast and at the time I didn't have a job and my friend was like, how do you want me to introduce you? And I was like, I don't know. I don't do anything. And there's like a beat. And then she goes, you're a published author. I go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I am a published author. Um, so that same thing sort of happens in wrestling. I, I think for some of us, we're signed wrestlers on television. And, you know, because Access is a smaller channel, um, because it's not available for streaming as widely as some other channels, and, it, you know, it's not as well known as the WWE and uh, there hasn't been as much press about it as AEW. Um, it's easy to kind of downplay the impact of it, but we are we are signed wrestlers on television, and people can watch women's wrestling on on Sling TV, on Access, on Pivot, on FiOS. You know, it's kind of a big deal. And yeah, it's harder for us to get over on this side, this side of the of the ocean, but it's it's definitely available for us to sort of catch up on as well. And that's that's how I ended up doing it. But yeah, I. I just keep hearing access. It's it's like where there's a lot of buzz right now because I know that um, the Anthem just bought access as well, and that's why an impact on there. So it seems like a bit of a change in landscape as well in terms of being the place for wrestling, but it's not yeah WWE or AEW. So right, quite- and I think like the one thing if if access fixed, it could really move forward is it needs a way for people who don't have access to that channel to still get it in the way other companies you know they release an app or a streaming you know like I think that's what they're really missing but you know maybe it'll come in the future now that they're making all these changes yeah oh yeah like you said like with some of the other shows you've been a part of making them available on fight and finding ways around it i think wow is really interesting and like it's very much like modern glow and so it's it's, it's great for you to be a part of it sounds like you love that kind of like developing those crazy characters um have you seen anything of like the uk company Eve. I have heard of Eve, yeah, but you know, for as an indie wrestler, I don't get paid very much money, uh, right? So the idea of like somehow getting out to England just seems so far away right now. But yeah, it, it's definitely been on my radar for a while. Yeah, I mean, if you're ever in the in in the UK, especially London, it's definitely worth you checking out. I, I think I think I've seen the Holly Dead and some other sort of some of the bit that will have been on Wow when they're over in the UK. I will have seen them in terms of and, and some of the other U, US indie guys that when they make it over. Yeah. Um, but I, the reason I ask is because like it's the nearest that I've got I can equate to what WoW is like, and 
think it's something about Eve. Um, it's just this tiny um, venue they normally use on, like for the most of their shows. They do the bigger ones, like, you know, the biggest all wrestling show in Europe. They do for they've done it for two years in a row now at York Hall, which is this iconic venue. But their main show is at a place called the Resistance Gallery, and it's about 150 people squished in around the ring at most on like a Friday or Saturday night, and it's just a really cool atmosphere. Um, so yeah, definitely one to look out for in terms of you can if you've not seen it you can definitely check out some of this stuff for free on youtube as well so if you sort of i'd say check it out that way and you'll be able to see what i mean in terms of wrestle queendom one is actually free on youtube i think for everyone and you'll be able to see all the biggest stars from like around the world that made it to that show i think i think you'd appreciate that one definitely sort of mm-hmm. be one for you to sort of be checking out um so that's why i just it's always interesting like when we I, I talked to a few guys in the u.s or some of the women that i've spoken to and they are just like they're in awe of eve and like want to come to the uk to watch it or be on a show or whatever they can do just because of sort of the waves they're making and yeah and i think wow is probably doing something similar but got a much bigger tv audience um in terms of outside of wow i guess i'd, I'd like to talk in general um we talked about your the value the valet slash manager work you were doing and that's how you really got started um how did you work on that as a character you, i understand you got razor but how do you how do you act as a manager and how's that different um so i actually uh santino bros had a manager um class and it it turned into more than a manager class it became a referee an announcer a commentary and a manager class um so they called it the wrestling advocates class but i was actually trained to do it uh, and that's how i learned to kind of become better um one of the women who would pop in a bunch and one the co-owner of santino bros her name is jezebel and she has just decades of experience being a valet and being a manager um to a lot of different wrestlers so i, I just got a lot of info from different people and then um, the wrestler that I managed, Tyler Bateman, he has 17 years of experience in the industry. So just everyone was very willing to share knowledge and, and to give um, tips and feedback. And as far as the character itself, they basically came to me after the manager class finished and they said, hey, so um, we've got somebody for you to manage. And I said, OK, who is it? And they were like, how do you feel about it being Tyler Bateman? And he was my boyfriend at the time. And I said, no, <laughs> I don't want to manage him. Um, he doesn't need a manager. He's an excellent, uh, he's excellent on the mic. He's excellent in the ring. I mean, he's kind of an all around, um, awesome wrestler. Why would he need a manager? And they said, well, we want you to kind of have this very romantic storyline that we're going to create, uh, funny enough with his ex-girlfriend. Uh, so we, that intrigued me because I love storylines and I especially am garbage enough that I love anytime a manager is getting kidnapped, having a wedding, being <laughs> seduced to the dark side. Those are my favorite things. So hearing about the storyline, I said, okay, I'm in. And so the character Sarah Wolf, I didn't even think about the name. They were like, Oh, what are you, what's your name going to be? And I was like, I don't know. Uh, what sounds goth Sarah Wolf <laughs> and uh, that's a little thought I, I didn't think the character would stick because I honestly thought that Tyler Bateman was so great on his own that nobody would ever um, want a manager with him and so even everything I wore what I looked like that was all picked based on his character as being um, the king of the crossroads and very demonic devilish and gothic and so I built that entire character around his character so Sarah Wolf is is pretty much made to fit the Tyler Bateman gimmick. 
And did you, have you managed anyone else? Or was it just is it Tyler Bateman who I understand he's just signed with Ring of Honor, I believe. So he seems to be doing quite well. But was there anyone else you managed? Or was it purely like the management role for, for that character? Uh, I've uh, also managed Shogun Jones, but that's as kind of a that's, that's been as Sarah the Rebel. I'm basically creating. I felt that Sarah Wolf, because so little thought went into it, um, because I didn't think it would stick. I'm kind of moving away from Sarah Wolf. If I go back on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, they'll probably still want me to be Sarah Wolf, for example. So I'd do, I'd do it in that case. But moving forward, I am Sarah the Rebel, and I'm going to be Sarah the Rebel even when I manage. So um, my newest client is Shogun Jones. Um, he's based out of Las Vegas. He's this big dude who can do flips, so he's pretty intimidating. And uh, I'm working on getting others from there. I also work as a manager at Hood Slam um, called Tiamat to Vipress. She's a local wrestler out here as well. And I guess, is that all the same character you develop or are you mixing it up a little bit for different clients? Um, Tiamat, they asked me for a character and then we kind of built it together, which is she's the mother of monsters. So she's basically like a swamp witch, uh, creepy monster lady. So a bit different from Sarah Wolf, who's supposed to be more sexy and seductive and goth. This character is more like grungy, um, spit green mist in your face, kind of creepy creep. Do you have different mist or is it all green? Um, I think it's based on what is available. (laughs) Because, you know, different mist has different powers, right? Sure, sure. Yep. And that mist was swamp. Swamp (laughs) mist. Uh, I, I love the mist gimmick. It's, I'm I'm glad they seem to have brought it back for Asuka lately in WWE, but I'm, I, it, she needs to do different mist colors so that she's doing different things in terms of you know poison, knocking them out, making it like death poison, death mist. You know, they, there's got to be different things that they do to make it sort of interesting for me. So that's cool to hear about. Um, so so you've got all the management, you've done all the manager roles, you're doing things in WoW, you're wrestling for other companies. And you've got you've got all that going on. It's like you've got the podcast, you're a published author. It's a hell of a lot going on there. So. Yeah, I'm really busy. <laughs> oh, and, oh, and this show in Vegas, of course, job. as well. And the show and the show in Vegas. It's, 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 mm-hmm. it's good to be it's good to be busy. Um so it's good, good that you've made time for this call today. Um so in general, I guess, um you're doing so many things in the world of wrestling, including writing for it. How have you found it as a woman in the male-dominated world of professional wrestling? I guess the hardest part is, like, it It seems like a lot of guys in the backstage part of wrestling really don't take it seriously that they don't hire women to work um, the back part of wrestling. They really don't think it's a problem that they don't have women writers, that they don't have women commentary, that they don't have um, women directors or women producers, um, they don't see it as an issue. And that's been the most frustrating thing to run into because it's a huge blind spot for them because they don't notice that they'll make the same story over and over and over again for their women wrestlers. And then when they can't tell that story, they go, nope, got no more ideas for her, and they'll let her go. Versus if you actually had a woman in the writing room, um, a woman backstage, a, a woman in a position of power who could say, hey, did you know women do other things? Um, I think we would get better women, stories. Women don't just go for massages and feud over men. Right. We, we do a couple other things, like a few other things. Like some of us played sports. I don't know. Like, you know, we're, we're people. We're just as dimensional as as guys are. And for some reason, guys really don't see their blind spot there. You know, like. 
I, I hate to use them as an example, but the new NWA power that's out, um, the, the two people I know of backstage were in charge, both white men. Uh, the announcers, white men, the commentary team, white men, the backstage interviewer, white men, the vast majority of the wrestlers on the roster, white men. It's, you know, like they probably haven't even noticed that they did that. And it's because you tend to hire people, you know, you tend to hire friends, that sort of thing. And so I think that's been the most frustrating part of being in an industry is dealing with that blind spot of just not recognizing that part of the reason your stories are stale and part of the reasons why you're you're not coming up with new things is you won't give us a seat at the table to show you what we can do. And I think that's why, again, why WOW is so amazing is the two people basically creating everything are a man and a woman. And then they also have women writers and then they also have women PAs and they also have women like there's women in so many um, backstage positions that when someone comes up with an idea that's like, oh, that's a little that's a little insensitive. We have someone there to say, hey, did you know that's a little insensitive? What if we did this? And the thing they suggest is 10 times more creative than the original idea and more interesting, you know, so. I, that's been more frustrating than working with the wrestlers because honestly, so many of the guy wrestlers, because they've trained with women, uh, know that we're capable of, of whatever. And, you know, they don't have issues with us. The biggest issue they might have is sometimes it doesn't seem fair that a a rookie um, woman wrestler can make a bit more money than a rookie male wrestler. But that's because there aren't as many of us. You know, that's that's just a supply and demand thing. So, yeah, I, I'd say my biggest gripe, it's not with the wrestlers at all. It's it's with the people who book shows and who manage shows and create companies. It's funny you said that about the NWA Power Show, because I don't know if you've made it in general. I loved it because it's such an unusual thing. I was like watching it. What the hell is this? This is so different and like old fashioned, like 80s or 70s studio show. But even I noticed as a white man in the second episode, I was like, this is just all white dudes. It's literally no one else on the show. <laughs> you get the one jobber uh, black man per episode. Uh, a woman spoke on the second episode 35 minutes in, and that was the only woman to speak in the whole episode. And, you know, I'm a mixed woman and I'm a woman. And so, like, these things really stand out to me. And, yeah, I love the idea of a throwback show, but I, I'm also not that blown away by it because I've been on championship wrestling from Hollywood, which is studio wrestling this whole time. Um, but to, um, to see everyone saying throwback, 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 I kind of look around like, oh, what, what kind of year y'all enjoying? Cause you know, there were some bad things in those times too. <laughs> yeah. I think they might, they may have gone too legit on their, on their retro stuff. Right. They were like, we're going to bring back the racism too. Like, all oh, right. <laughs> but I know that they aren't, you know, like I, I say that jokingly. I just, again, think they literally didn't notice that they did that. And they probably think they have diversity because um, Ashley was, you know, the competitor and she had her LGBT flag on her. And because they do, they have had the two black men opponents, you know, they have Eddie Kingston. So in their mind, they're probably not don't even notice, you know. Um, have you noticed um, about watching any of AEW at all? Um, I'm not. So far, I'm not a fan of AEW. I'm not not a fan. But uh, the fact that they only have one women's match at a show, it's not really that interesting to me. Yeah, that's that's why I asked, because um, I noticed like, there was a lot of fuss made about that. They were going to have a really competitive women's division. And so far, if, even if you include the dark matches as well, and you add up like the total minutes and things, it's like, you're really not giving the women much of a chance so far. And obviously, it's early days, right? What, are we two, three episodes in? It's like 
quite early, but yeah, they haven't they haven't made that count yet after making a big deal about it with Brandy and Kenny saying they were going to build a really good women's division and make sure it got represented. So yeah, I, I wondered if you'd been paying attention and what you'd thought about it, but it sounds like the same, similar to what other people have been saying. Yeah, it, and it's disappointing because you can't turn around and say we're going to be so much better than WWE and different than WWE, and then the only per- place you're different for is short white men can thrive here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So like, they, but to give them potential benefit of the doubt, there are issues with contracts that could be going on in the background that we don't know about. They could potentially have wanted many more women to have been a part of the division to flesh it out. But at the same time, to kind of take away that benefit of the doubt, Impact did more with less women. Um, So I kind of I I need AEW to step it up if I'm going to be interested in their product, because right now it's, you know, I've seen all those guys on the indies. I know they're amazing. They're awesome. But I really prefer to watch women's wrestling. And that's what I tune in for. Because I think for me, the best place for women's wrestling is the main the main guys is actually NXT. I think they've got an amazing women's division at the moment. And, you know, I went to the Mae Young Classic, the second taping, and watching Triple H interact with the women, it's very clear why they have that. And it's because he believes in them and he thinks that they're equals. And if you think back to his relationship with China before it got all messy, you can kind of even see the hints there that he's he's maybe always felt that way about women wrestlers and wanting to give them a place to shine. So it's, you know, NXT, I, I have to agree with you for the for the ones that are not for the one that's on the biggest stages that they're definitely killing. It. I still think WoW is killing it overall, but yes. <laughs> together i mean but i mean if nxt lets candice LeRae have an intergender match where she like blades everywhere and beats people with kendo sticks you might have to even give them a chance then of being like you know the most progressive naya like the sponsors threatened to pull out for the idea of naya wrestling guys that's why they stopped that you know so like yeah. if somebody as big as naya isn't allowed to do it you just have to accept that as long as they're on television they're not going to do it yeah it's a shame, but it's still yeah, still looking like a great division. It's just funny that it's AEW is the great hope. It's like actually it's NXT, and of course until they mess it up and go on the main roster. At the moment NXT seems to have that lead. Um, so I think you said you said you're in the May Young Classic, or in the crowd. So um, I was going to ask you like in general, one of the things I've I, again it's come up from doing this book project is someone's covering what it's like to be a woman in a wrestling crowd. Um, I'd imagine for something like the Mae Young Classic or a WOW, it's a very different, safer environment. But um, have you got have you found that in general that's the case? Like all the stuff you've been involved in, or is it sometimes not so easy to deal with the cra- being in the crowd or the crowd reactions as a performer? Actually, it doesn't matter where you are. It's generally not great if there's a bunch of guys. <laughs> you know, like even um, I've, some people have been talking about it online recently about the kind of calling the NXT full sale crowd out about their racism. Um, I was very surprised by some of the things people were saying in that crowd. They're a crowd of people who um, there is a type of fan that likes to be part of the show a little too much. The fan that wants to dress up and they become known as that's the guy who always dresses as Penta or the fan that always makes a new sign. That's sign lady. You know, like there's a type of fan that wants to be more involved than just watching the show. They almost want to be their own gimmick, their own character. Um, You know, he's my homie, but Frank the Clown is an example of that. Always dressing as a clown anytime he was on TV, you know, like 
that type of audience member is the hardest to be around because they, they spend the whole show trying to make their friends laugh usually. And that will result in them saying fucked up things. And I have a very bad attitude. And when I hear somebody saying something stupid about the woman in the ring, I'm going to turn around and yell at them and ruin the show for even more people. So it's, it's really frustrating. I mean, I think Kelly Klein was just talking about there was some fan at the Ring of Honor show who was just calling her fat and ugly the whole time and just kept yelling it out. Um, and that happens at any show. It doesn't matter if it's an all woman show, uh, any show where there's a, a bunch of guys in the audience has the potential to do that. Um, and I wish I know that promoters have to make money, but there have been promotions that have taken a stand and say, hey, guess what? If you say the F word in here, you are getting kicked out. Um, if you say a slur at our wrestlers, if you touch our wrestlers in an inappropriate way, you're getting kicked out. And they're getting a lot of support from the rest of the fans. So I do wish that promotions would be a little more proactive in making sure that it's a safe and comfortable environment for everybody. Yeah. I mean, definitely varied. I mean, like I said, I talked about Eve earlier, like if you did something like Eve, the whole crowd would turn on you and you wouldn't be safe. So I've never seen it happen at an Eve show because no one's that stupid. Right. There are certain, there are certain crowds that are like that, but for example, you couldn't do that at wow because wow is being taped. Everyone needs to, behave in a certain way at the wow show so like you know it it's it's different depending on what what crowd you're in but yeah it's always a bit annoying when you're there and you're watching these awesome wrestlers and the guy to your left is like look at her titties and you're like seriously look at his titties (laughs) (laughs) yeah like when when the bit of a calling for a laugh they're not looking great it's like you should like look in the mirror my friend it's the ugliest guys that you're right you're absolutely right (laughs) it's never like some chiseled adonis who's causing trouble Uh, they're projecting yeah i I think i I find that just weird like i've luckily never seen too much of an example of that but i know it definitely happens and i've seen it like i've seen it enough like just wrestling get-togethers you know, I've seen the attention some of the women at WrestleCon events get in terms of the crowd that gathers around them. So I know there's definitely, there's definitely. definitely that seedy underbelly to it as well. Um, so on, on women wrestling friends, one of the things we do is we talk about the male wrestlers the way people talk about women wrestlers, just to make people very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> That's my small way of getting back at the world. Um, I try and do something similar when I with some of my wrestling friends when it comes to Keith Lee, because um, some some guys some guys will point out um, yeah obviously women and like figures and stuff, and I've ruined Keith Lee for a bunch of guys because I said, dude, look at his trunks, they're way too tight. You can totally see how big his junk is, and <laughs> once you do that, you can't enjoy Keith Lee in the same way again. <laughs> oh. So that, yeah, so I try try that on people sometimes because it comes to like if they're watching Keith Lee and if they're saying something bad at women, it's like yeah. And I, and I, I bumped into Keith Lee at, at like a, a UK show, lovely guy, but I didn't mention that to him because that would be a bit weird. But you know, I was like, it's definitely something I mentioned to other people when they're in the crowd, and it, it kind of ruined it for them. But kind of kind of a fun thing to do. Definitely turns the table. Um, so I think we're nearly time. I don't want to get you too long, but I had a couple of other things I guess I just wanted to cover off. Um, what are you enjoying in wrestling at the minute? Is it obviously you got Wow, but um, who, what in Wow is amazing for you right now? And what else are you enjoying? Um, and Wow, like I said, I love the storylines. So really, it's my my favorite show right now. Seeing all the the vignettes and the backstage stuff, and then seeing how they bring the story to the ring, um, and also just as I mentioned before, I, I am mixed. So 
and a lot of companies, if you were a black woman, there's only so far you could go. Um, but in WoW, I'm really enjoying seeing, you know, women who are 40 years old and mothers are out there with the same opportunities to chase the the main title and with the same chances to win as, you know, and the most beautiful blonde buxom lady on the roster. And so it's it's really nice to watch that and to to grasp that to them any any woman on their roster any given day is good enough to to be a champion. So that's really cool. Um as far as the rest of wrestling, to be honest, I'm I'm watching a bit of everything right now. I'm trying to um I don't know, kind of get back into it because for the past few months I've been working on the show. And so I was watching power and yes, I, I do like the throwback nature of it. So I'm still, you know, watching that a bit more, giving it a chance, um, catching up on impact a bit. I still can't quite get back into raw or WWE to be perfect. I mean, sorry, raw or SmackDown to be perfectly honest. Cause it just seems like chaos at the moment. So yeah, just mostly indie shows. I, I prefer indie wrestling to anything I watch on TV generally. Okay, and who's your favorite indie performers at the moment? Uh, Tyler Bateman is always one of my tops. Mercedes Martinez. Oh, she's uh, badass. She's uh, she makes me so happy. She's so good. Um, oh, I have so many favorites. I don't know how to whittle them down for this. <laughs> uh, of course, I like the Lucha Brothers. I also like the Los Luchas. They're one of my favorite teams to watch. Um, they used to, back in the day, you may have seen them on PWG if you watched PWG, um, but they're starting to travel again and, and getting to see them. Um, they also help train me a bit. So getting to see them do what they do best is really awesome. I like Taya Valkyrie. Um, Kira Hogan is always fun to watch. Very entertaining. Yeah, I just, I have a, I have a lot of people that I like. Um, if you like unusual characters, I'll have to sort of um, send you a couple of links to some guys, some girls, sorry, from the UK scene that you may not have heard of, like Session Moth Martina and some of the ones that sort of wrestle on this yeah, side. Yeah, the bar wrestling, I saw her, yeah. Yeah, so very interesting. I like, my, like, one thing I want to do is interview her one day, but I'm also scared of interviewing her because be- either, either that character is real and I'm scared of her or the character is not real and it ruins it. I wouldn't be scared either way. She can't hurt you through the phone. Yeah, I, I've, I've been to a couple of live shows where, of course, she has been decided to grind on me and friends where without being asked or prompted, it just happens. She's, yeah. she's quite an intimidating person. My favorite is when she did it. There's this little couple that always goes to bar wrestling. Um, and bar wrestling is Joey Ryan's show. And um, she grinded on the guy, and the look on that tiny little girl's face when she saw martina grinding on her man was the most beautiful i'm so glad someone took a picture because she wanted like if if a person could just spontaneously explode from rage that would have happened at that moment uh, uh, uh the other interesting thing to me is do you know chris wolf yes so chris i, I was at her retirement show at eve and, I, and sort of um seeing her she's mental so I think she, she, she's actually crazy yes seen her quite um, a few times i've interviewed her on a, on a show or two yeah oh yeah oh great yeah so you know she's like she's a very a character um at her retirement show session with my team uh, chris wolf booked the entire show and it was kind of her life story um session moth had to play the egg of chris when chris moth was impregnated and there were i think four other female wrestlers playing the sperm in the ring and they all tried to kind of move like sperm and eventually one of them pinned martina it's so funny. Oh, that just reminded me of two other wrestlers I really love. Um, Piper Niven and um, Kylie Ray. 
are also two that I absolutely adore. And um, she's ne- she's never going to be Piper Niven to me. She's always Viper. Mm, yeah, I was like, I can't remember her other name right now. Yeah, yeah, she's like she's always going to be Viper, but yeah, I, know, I get she can't really be Viper in WWE for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, okay, uh, before we go, so what are the current projects you should tell people about? Because you mentioned your podcast. What, let's, just, let's go back to that and sort of tell people that you're 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 including with it is um, women wrestling friends, which is yeah. available on iTunes and everywhere. Um, and yes. you so you, that's your podcast. Um, do you think because there's a few right you've mentioned you've got past and current what's actually live as current projects that people can enjoy current projects is women wrestling friends podcast which you can find on itunes or allgames.com I have a few books on amazon but mostly you'd only be interested if you like uh, video games but if you search you know sarah rodriguez on amazon you can find some of my books Um, I I I'm not really doing sorry so I, I think our audience likes video games. So I think you're oh, okay, okay there. <laughs> You can check those out. Um, and really, those are the only live ones at the moment because I just moved. So some things had to kind of be put on hold. Like I, I have a Patreon that's going to be starting back up soon, but it's got to be on hold because I don't even have Wi-Fi in my new place. So, yeah, just that's really the main one you can check out right now. And, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram because I'm very entertaining. And what's the hand? Is it Sarah the Rebel on all of those? Sarah the Rebel, Sarah's an H, because that's the only correct way to spell Sarah. And, and if you want to no... follow my, my WoW antics, I also have a WoW Razor account for that character. And if you come on my Sarah the Rebel and you call me Razor, I'm going to ignore you. So <laughs> I'm going to say, because Sarah the Rebel, if it's not like if it's not spelled with a H, it's Sarah. Yeah, it's that simple right. to me. Wrong name. <laughs> it avoids all confusion when there's a H. When someone says, like, you know, call them Sarah and they say it's Sarah, it's like, well, spell it correctly then. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, cool. Um, well, thank you for your time. Like I said, um, we'll be writing this up and we'll be including it in the um, current working title of Women Love Wrestling Book until I come up with something better or a really clever pun. So we'll call it that for now. But this will be that we'll be you know, sort of turning some of this into content for that book as well, along with all the other great articles that are being submitted. So, Sarah, thank you for your time today. Any final words from you? Uh, find a way to watch WoW. There's other ways. I'm yeah, not allowed like, to tell you those ways. Watch them. <laughs> <laughs> you can do, like I say I, I watched it on the on the Access at Wow website, and that's why I read some of the profiles you'd written. So there's definitely ways around it, and I'm sure it's on YouTube or various places. Cool. Well, thank you for your time today. For having me. is affiliated with the WWL Meetup Group. WWL or Watch Wrestling London get together with many fans to watch pay-per-view replays on Monday nights and attend live events across London, be it WWE, Progress, Rev Pro, Eve and many more. It's a great way to watch wrestling with friendly people and all are welcome to join. You can find out more at watchwrestling.london or just Google Watch Wrestling London and you'll find the Meetup page.